I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. So how can comedy exist in a society where everyone is so offended? And Why is the left so offended by speech? We're going to get into some of these questions with Adam Carolla. You know him. The guy is hilarious. Uh, he's done a billion different things in his life. He had the, the man show back in the day, which a lot of you guys know on Comedy Central. He's been in movies. He's had radio shows, television. He's written best-selling books as well. He's got his own podcast, which was in the Guinness World Book of Records at one point. I don't know if they still are, but they were a holder for the most downloaded podcast. I think it's currently the number one daily downloaded podcast in the world. He's got a new book out. Everything reminds me of something as well. He's got a show on the Daily Wire called The Truth Yeller as well. So the guy's all over the place doing a ton of things and he's doing the Lord's work because he doesn't back down to all these crazy people in our society, he still maintains a sense of humor. He, he doesn't treat them with kid gloves and he just tells the truth. And that's the whole point of this show. And isn't that what we need more of in this country? I mean, comedians are supposed to push boundaries. That's the point. You know, so what does it say as a society that we don't even allow for humor anymore? And then I don't know if you guys noticed, but after someone literally tried to kill Dave Chappelle for his Netflix special, which was hilarious. And my favorite joke in that one was, Someone was telling him that they are after him because, you know, he, he's been making a lot of jokes about transgender people. And they said they are after you. And he said many they's or singular they. So I, I thought that was hilarious. But but after someone literally tried to kill Dave Chappelle, the, the media did an interview with the attacker where the attacker was like, oh, I'm bisexual. I was triggered. It's Dave Chappelle's fault. He needs to be more sensitive. So how far away are we from someone literally killing someone? And then the media on the left are like, oh, well, that the, the individual shouldn't have offended this person, right? Like giving victimhood 
to the the person who was offended when in reality the person who's so easily offended is the problem with their society so anyways a lot of issues to get into, a lot to talk about with none other than Adam Carolla. So I hope you enjoy this episode. He was in his car, so some, you know, hopefully everything's clear. So Adam Carolla, here you go. So Adam, I was reading that your parents did not give you a middle name. So when you filled out your driver's license application, you listed your middle name as Lakers as a joke. Do you still go by Adam Lakers Corolla? Yeah, it's on all my documentation, every piece of official paperwork I have, and it'll probably be on my tombstone. Not that I'm even the biggest Lakers fan. I just, I didn't have a middle name. I got tired of looking at that blank spot. And at some point, I just wrote the Lakers in because they were on one of their playoff runs against the Celtics or something. I guess it was on my mind, so I just wrote it in. Well, that's like uh, sometimes when parents like can't come up with a name for their kid and they'll just, you know, like Coca-Cola or something. <laughs> it's like you hear this stuff happening. Uh, well, that's pretty. Did you think you would be able to like, get away with it or were you like, they're surely going to be like, you can't do this? I didn't give it much thought. I just wrote it in. And it wasn't my first driver's license. My my first driver's license, I just left blank because I have no middle name. Um, but it must have been when I was renewing it when I was in my early twenties that I that I wrote it in. So uh, and then they never questioned it, and it's now on. Like I said, every mortgage and deed and you know certificate of authenticity, everything I own is as Lakers now. That's awesome. When you look at comedy today and you're 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 coming up with jokes, isn't society the punchline? <laughs> like isn't it all a joke today? It feels like we're living in a clown world. Yeah, I had that that moment this morning. I was actually listening to Nancy Pelosi explain to the participants from Drag Race that they were essentially American heroes. And it was funny because earlier in the morning, I turned on the TV and every single channel was just running the Capitol hearings. And it was all just the same boring stuff. And I was just scrolling around and I found an episode of Lucy. Not I Love Lucy, but her second, she did a second sitcom like in the 60s. I just watched it for half an hour and saw how everyone acted and how they dressed and how they behaved. And then I heard Nancy Pelosi calling uh, all the drag queens uh, American heroes. And I thought, wow, we've really jumped the shark. We really have. And it's like it's it's weird with the kids stuff because it's like, you know, whatever. If you're an adult, you know, whatever. But like just the the pushing of this on children is just super creepy and weird and like all the parents taking their kids to drag shows and like it's like would you take your kids to a strip club like i I just it's almost like i just i don't even understand what's going on it it feels like we're not even living in reality i think the deal is once you get the kids coached up then it becomes reality so i was sort of saying you know, especially living in California, it's hard to justify shutting down a state 
small businesses, you know, restaurants and beaches if the schools are still open. So what you do is you shut the schools down and then you go, hey, we have an emergency. The schools are shut down and now you have to shut down your business and your nail salon and your restaurant. So I think there's a thing about almost vetting it through kids. You know, it's almost like when they say, oh, this aspirin is safe for kids to take. Like once it's okay for kids, then it just kind of is. And I think this is part of it. The other part of it is what I like to call crate training. Like they need to get the kids crate trained, like you crate train a dog. You can't crate a dog or an old dog. You have to get them when they're puppies, and then you crate train them, and that that's when the that's so people talk about indoctrination. I really just look at it as crate training. You just you have to get the puppies, and you got to crate train them. So they're obedient. And then once they're obedient, then they're your subject, you know, for the next lockdown or the next whatever it is we tell them to do, they're ours. Well, and like they did that with the vaccine stuff, too. I think recently they're like, oh, it's safe for five and under, but they have like near like 100 percent chance of survival against COVID. So it's just uh, uh, it's just ridiculous. But simultaneously, even though we live in this clown world and we're all sort of part of this joke that's going on, we seem to, as society, have lost our sense of humor. Why do you think that happened? And and when do you think that happened? Well, there's, uh, you know, we're taking people and we're making them aggrieved. You know, they all have a grievance now. So we took everyone, broke them off into groups. So... I used to do stand-up or comedy or TV shows for an audience, and the audience was just the audience. And now the audience is broken up. We have the African Americans, we have the Latinos, we have the Latinx, we have the Latinas, we have the gay and lesbian, we have the transgender. So now, within your audience, it's no longer just a audience. It's fourteen sub culture audiences and you try to tell a joke that's not going to piss one of them off well it is not that the whole point of you know what leftists try to do is they they want us to be divided they want everyone to feel like they're in their individual group as opposed to you know a, a country with you know common values and things that align us as americans all sharing the same patriotism and love for country i mean isn't, isn't that the whole point is to have the scenario that you just laid out yeah that's why that's all they do is break everyone off into groups. It's non, it's nonstop. And yes, they can't do it from the outside. You have to do it from the inside. So once you've sectioned off a group, you then explain how you're a fan of that group and what you're going to do for that group. And then you go about to make promises to that group that are unfulfillable. So, you know, when you look at that in the environment that we operate in today, can comedy continue to exist in our society? Yeah, comedy will exist. There's going to be a whole subculture that just pushes back against that, and then you're going to end up with a different kind of comedy. I mean, The Daily Wire exists, and, and, and Tucker Carlson exists because they've been trying to shove this crap down everyone's throat for long enough that they've created an alternative space for people with alternative views who will flourish 
because we're tired. Most of America is tired of being force-fed all the crap. And that, that'll be the same way with comedy. Well, and I, I totally agree with you in the sense of, you know, I think Americans are tired of this being shoved down our throats. And then there's also, you know, I think the majority of Americans realize the hypocrisy in it, you know, when like Ricky Gervais uh, was able to say it to people's face in Hollywood during the Golden Globes when he said, you know, if ISIS started a streaming service, you would call your agent. I mean, so I, I think that's where a lot of this frustration comes from people wanting to push back about this because we know that the people that are shoving this down our throats are, are just hypocrites. You know, I was kind of thinking about it earlier today and basically basically what it is is there's, there's only, I always say this to Dr. Drew, but there's only diet and exercise. It's really, if you want to lose weight, just eat less crap and exercise, right? And, and that's about it. That's the rule. That's the law. There doesn't need to be another book written on dieting. It's diet and exercise. And, and but there are all these books and there's all the, you know, Weight Watchers, low-cost, you know, low-calorie fudge and, and all this stuff. But it really just kind of keeps getting back to diet. It's about hard work. It's about you know, it's not showing up early and leaving late and not pointing fingers and not blaming. That's half of them. And then the other half thinks it's about government subsidies and racism and we need to tax billionaires more. People need to pay, pay their fair share and we need equity in schools and we need to lower the math test scores and affirmative action and all that. It doesn't work. It never works, but it does work. For the people who run Weight Watchers, and that, that's Nancy Pelosi. Like, it does work for the small group of people who are in charge of the policies. They get rich. It doesn't work for anyone else. Well, and that's basically what COVID was about, right? I mean, you had all the small, you had all the small businesses getting crushed, all the working people getting crushed, and then yet Wal- you know, Walmart and Target and all the big stores were able to stay open. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't affect them affect any anybody work for government it, it didn't affect anybody you know in a white collar position who could work from home it, it affected all the people who worked in the, the kitchen of those restaurants that were closed down you know I, I think you know we look at speech just being one of the main targets well guns too right now but speech probably primarily you know and like comedians are supposed to be able to push boundaries that's the whole point that's where you know humor lies but so, like, what does it say about our country right now where there's just this concentrated effort to stifle the speech of comedians, whether it's, you know, you, you've had this happen to you and, and recently with people trying to cancel Netflix specials for people like Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais. If you control the speech, then you control the narrative, then you control the policy and they want to control policy. So in order to control the policies, you have to control the speech, and that's why they've become speech police. Uh, it's been going on for longer than, than people think, but um, the Ricky Gervaises and the, the Dave Chappelle's have also felt that pressure, and what you're seeing is them pushing back against something that's being pushed on them. It's not a coincidence that both of them and their specials are making fun of transgenders. They're pushing on it because they feel like it's being foisted on them. So, um, you know, I think I think what the speech police will understand is 
they have no real actual power. Their only power is scared people around them caving. And the less those people cave in on an individual level or a corporate level, uh, the less power they'll wield. I mean, you take a look at Black Lives Matter. Two years ago, it would have been a death sentence to come out against Black Lives Matter in any any capacity. Now it's no big deal. That's that's how this stuff works. It, it turns around pretty fast, especially when whatever it is they're talking about is untrue. I think this is sort of like the problem that we have as a country is it's like everyone waits until things are safe to say what needs to be said. You know, like even like during COVID, like everyone was afraid to say lockdowns were bullshit. With the vaccines, everyone was afraid to question them, even though we had no long term data. It's like it's like we or even like with police shootings, everyone was afraid to just say the truth and say the numbers don't stack up with this narrative that police are just indiscriminately gunning down black men in America. Like it just doesn't hold up. Right. And so like we allow these narratives to take fold. And so like isn't the time to speak out at the beginning to, to try to challenge these narratives head on to stop them from from taking so much power? We have one one thousand percent. Like, you know, everyone's against the Holocaust now. Where were you in 1939? You know, like, that's the time you need to type up. I totally agree. Um, I was vocal and against lockdowns and all the COVID crap early and often, and I took a beating for it, but I never cared. And this is not revisionist history. You can listen to my podcast. You can read my tweets. I said early, uh, I sent a tweet out that trended, which is uh, COVID is killing old people and it's killing sick people and the rest of you pussies got played and who's getting played next time. And everyone went nuts and some substantial people in Hollywood like call me and tell me to delete that tweet. And I said, uh, now, I just left it up and it's still up. I was never on with it. I was never about it. I felt it early. They didn't give us the ages of the people who are dying early, and that's when I knew something was up, because they always give you the ages when somebody dies, and I wasn't getting any ages, and I knew, I knew the fix was in early. I talked about it all the time, and I became essentially a pariah. Quick commercial break. More with Adam Carolla on the other side. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. So when we looked at the fact that, you know, Chappelle, literally someone tried to kill him on a stage recently. What was so interesting to me is the New York Post, which is normally pretty good about stuff, but they did an interview with this guy where they give him like where he's talking about how he's bisexual, how he was triggered. And it's really Dave Chappelle's fault because Dave Chappelle is the one who needs to be more sensitive. And clearly the guy wielding a knife that tried to kill him is, you know, obviously not at fault because words hurt and words are violent. How far away are we from someone like actually maybe getting killed and the media and the left are like, oh, well, he or she just shouldn't have been so offensive. Well, the media has to figure out the optics of everything really quickly, you know, and figure out like what color was the cop, what color was the assailant, what color was the comedian, what color was the attacker, you know, what was the subject of the attack? You know, they have to figure it all out fast and then sort of decide how outraged they are you know so if someone wants to like firebomb some christian you know abortion alternative center they don't they're not interested in that media wise or if uh you know a black cop shoots a white woman in the face at the capitol uh not not so much interest in those things so they have to figure out what the narrative is to decide how much interest to show in whatever the subject is which is a weird way to do news if you think about it you know like what fits the theme and what doesn't fit the theme in terms of your interest in in covering 
the story. But yeah, something will happen at, at some point, and uh, certain sides will be more outraged, and certain sides will be less outraged. But you know, what are the choices? I, I've been telling people. People have been telling me to shut up for a while when it comes to my opinions on a lot of the directions we're going as a country. And I just tell them I'm a comedian. I have to give my opinions. That's it. I can't water them down and I can't curtail them. So if they're more popular, that's my job. And if I stop doing that, then I'll, I'll go back to swinging a hammer. But I am a carpenter, so I do at least have a trade. Well, I'm sure it's probably good to have a hobby, too. You know, it's like uh, the world's so stressful. <laughs> you need like a reprieve from it all. Oh, absolutely, man. People have to get down to the garage, get hands dirty. You know, why do you think it, it definitely seems like it's the left that are constantly offended by words and speech? Why do you think speech offends them so much? You know, it's a crazy turnaround because... When I started in radio in the mid-90s, if you got a complaint, if the program director came in and said, oh, we got a complaint, or we're getting complaints, we got complaints, it would always be the right to be some Christian fundamentalist group that was complaining about literally the language. So they, you said tits or something, and they got offended. and They didn't like the language you were using, right? So it was all from the religious right about 25 years ago. There was no such thing as the left or the progressive left complaining. And the progressive left, which does all the complaining now, doesn't complain about the language. They don't you can swear your ass off. They, they applaud that. They complain about the ideas. They don't like your ideas, and they want to police your ideas, and that's much more insidious than policing the language. You know, we say language. Yeah, you have to police the language. Just don't say the S word or F word or whatever on broadcast television. They want the ideas policed. That's a much scarier proposition. Well, and if that happens, which is the you know way we're trending, I mean, there is pushback, which is comforting. But if that's what happens, we sort of cease to live in a free society. I, I, I agree. I, the real, I'll, I'll tell you the real problem of, of where we're at right now. The left wants to police the language and the thoughts and, and, and to do all that stuff. Um, the folks that voted for them are sitting around silently while they're running amok. But it's the right disagrees, but has always disagreed with the left. What we need is people who are Democrats, who are on the left, who are progressive, who have some clarity and some dignity to pipe up and say, even though this is my side pushing this, I disagree with it, and I'm not going to support it. We need that. We don't have enough of that. Of people saying, you know, I, I work with, uh, I do a podcast with uh, Attorney Mark Garagos. Attorney Mark Garagos been a Democrat for his entire life. But he's intellectually honest, and he doesn't like what's going on out there. And he says it, and he knows it's his side doing it, and he's vocal about it. Fine. 
We need more of that. So, well, you know, I guess Bill Maher is like kind of, but again, so these people are always so late to things and that's just the sort, and Republicans do this all the time. They're late to everything and then they're like, oh yeah, I oppose lockdowns. And I I know you were there before, but a lot of these people weren't. And it's like infuriating to see them on TV and they're like, oh yeah, lockdown. And it's like, where where were were you when people like you and me were taking bullets? You know, because we were speaking up against the grain and against the the group think, and then they try to you know come to it late when it, it's the the damage is already done, right? People are already out of business. People's lives have been taken, livelihoods or lives, right? Like all the suicides and overdoses and and all those things that happen as well. But you know, should people fear being canceled? What you have to do is you have to position yourself um, now. So it's it's no. No longer can you just get yourself a job with a Fortune 500 company and uh, or even a college and, and expect to be able to speak your mind and not be canceled. That's going to happen. Um, but if you position yourself, uh, you know, I've been saying whatever I want to say for the last 13 years, but it's because I positioned myself to be sort of independent and have a 16-year-old son who thinks like me, and I've told him a million times, like, say whatever you want, speak your mind, don't be afraid, but you have to get good at something. If you're good at something, they can't really cancel you. If you have just some, you know, cubicle job in some giant company, they'll get rid of you. If you're, and and when I say good at something, it could be comedy, but it could also be welding. If you're really good, like a good carpenter, good welder, a good electrician, you say whatever you want, you'll always work. No, it makes a lot of sense. And I I feel like you're good about, you've got, like I was looking at the stuff here, you've got about a billion different projects going on. You've, you know, you've got a book, uh, everything reminds me of something. You've written numerous books. You've got, uh, you know, The Truth Yeller on Daily Wire. You've got your podcast. You've got, you know, a ton of things going on, which is, is probably the way to do it. So that way, if one dries up, you've got all these other projects that you're working on as well. Um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, I know you're, you're tight on time, so I want to be respectful of your time today. I, I always like to ask people, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with before we go? Most of what people are fearful of when... In, in most facets of life, but certainly as the subject we've been talking about, about, you know, being canceled or uh, ostracized or whatever, it's, it's mainly just in the ether and, and in your head. It doesn't really exist, you know? Like, if, just take a few days off of social media. It'll just cease to exist. Everyone... One kind of knows that feeling of like going camping for three days and not knowing anything and not missing anything. So, you know, definitely speak up, definitely speak your mind. And and the only way to, we're really going to turn this thing around, we're not going to turn this thing around by you, Lisa, or me, or Dave Chappelle talking. Just like, couldn't do anything with COVID lockdowns. It, it were all the it was all the subjects. It was all the people that willingly went along with it. It was all the people that dutifully wore their masks outside and policed everyone else who didn't wear a mask outside. Those are the people who need to be turned around, who need to be converted, who need to be fixed. 
And if we can get to those people, then we can change society. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, it's got to be a, you know, a revolution <laughs> of some degree and people just rising up and not accepting it. You know? I say to doc, I would say to Dr. Drew all the time, like, Everyone in California, when Gavin Newsom said no, no more outdoor dining, everyone should have said no. They can't police that. How could they police that? Every small business should have just said no. Every, every restaurant should have said no. They could never police it. And they would lift it. They would get rid of it, too. Even just small things like not wearing a mask and, you know, just like small acts of rebellion <laughs> against the lunacy of all of it. Oh, every every commercial flight I flew, when they required you to wear a mask, I was told an average of 21 times to pull my mask back up by the stewardess. An average, and I told I told my son, if you're wearing a mask at school, and they don't tell you to pull the mask up at least four times a day, I will be very disappointed in you. I want them to follow you around and tell you to pull your mask up. I got, uh, I don't have a, a car, uh, and I got banned from Lyft a couple of times, but uh, I don't know. It's, we live in an insane world, but it's important to laugh about it and at least try to find some sense of humor and, you know, sources of happiness because there's a lot to life besides a lot of this crazy things that we're facing. So thanks so much for joining the show, Adam. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Adam Carolla for joining the show. You know, free speech is important to a society and just being a free society. And so it's important that we've got people like Adam and some of these other folks like Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais that are sort of unafraid and taking on some of the, the craziness of society and, and pushing back. So it was good to have him on the show and, and just uh, appreciate what he's doing. If you enjoy the show, we're out every Monday and Thursday. Leave us a review on Apple if you don't mind. Leave us five stars. Leave us a review. We appreciate it. I want to thank my producer, John Cassio, for always working hard to put this together. And I want to thank you at home for listening. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah and some waves so we could go surfing oh, <laughs> ah, love that a redwood forest would be cool i'm in ah ski slopes let's do it um tenor girl go shopping yeah baby 
wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com.